0: Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay.
1: And I'm Coos.
0: We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth.
2: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. I am very excited about today's episode. We are talking about two of my very favorite subjects: mm-hmm. therapy and coaching. Woo-hoo! And yeah, ooh, slow down, Sam. <laughs> calm down. We just got started. <laughs> uh, so I'm not the only one jazzed out of my mind about this topic. Uh, so excited! <laughs> so excited!
1: <laughs> if you can only see my jazz hands.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> got the jazz hands out. Uh, we. This is such a huge piece of my own journey and becoming a self-loving person. And as both a therapist and someone who receives therapy, and as someone who's been trained as a coach and who receives coaching, it really is just my favorite thing to talk about and geek out about. So this episode is the one I've been waiting to do my whole life.
0: Oh, wow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a little dramatic.
1: Yeah, totally. This is something that I've thought about in the past. Um, the question's always, should I be seeing a therapist for this or should I be looking for a coach? I am just not sure where to go. And I feel like, you know, in maybe this is a question for you, Lindsay and Sam, like, have you had any experiences in the past where you're like, oh, you probably need coaching more than therapy right now or you need to see a therapist Wait, and Wait, times a coach. we've
2: looked at you and thought that specifically? <laughs> yeah. All the time. Every day.
0: <laughs> no, it's a very good question. Lindsay, do you want to go first? Well, uh, just because I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I'd be interested in hearing your difference between coaching and therapy and my difference and to see if we even frame it in the same way because I've actually... Well, not spoken too much to you about the difference as i see it
2: well all three of us have both had experiences with therapy and with coaching in different levels and in different ways Mm -hmm. so i would say i've had more experience both you know in therapy being a therapist and getting therapy um more than i have coaching Mm -hmm. um and i would say it's probably opposite for you sam
0: Yes, I've had a lot more experience coaching and being coached than in therapy. Although I did see a therapist for a few years, but yes, I have more experience in coaching than therapy.
2: Right. So I think that both Sam and I get a lot of calls or questions um, where we're like, you know what, this therapy is not right for you. You need coaching or vice versa Mm -hmm. for you, Sam. Um, So I think our episode, we really want to clear up what is it that you might actually be needing to improve your self-love journey mm-hmm. and um, how's the best way to get it? So yeah. for me, looking at therapy, a lot of times people are coming to therapy for either getting gaining clarity on what they want, where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely it's they've hit a pain point that's caused them some depression and anxiety mm-hmm. or they're, having, they're experiencing mental illness. Um, so I would say for therapy, it's more, how do I get myself out of this pain is Mm. usually more the place people are coming from Mm -hmm. and Sam for coaching, wouldn't you say it's more people who are like, I'm surviving
0: pretty well. How do I move to thriving? Yes. I would say that that's a key difference, but I'd be interested another way that I describe it, which I don't know your thoughts on this, Lindsay, but the way that I think about it also is that when someone is struggling or maybe feeling a bit challenged or just they have an area of their life that might not be how they want it to be at the moment, I feel like that person could potentially work with a therapist or a coach on the exact same area. And the difference in my mind is that a therapist is going to help them to get understanding on why they are struggling with this and potentially go back, look at their, ask them some questions and go back into their past and maybe even look at things from their, whether it's their childhood or just experiences that they've had and kind of look at what these people's triggers may be Mm -hmm. and and get a real understanding of why a person is behaving the way that they're behaving or why things aren't going well. Whereas coaching, and this sounds brutal, is we don't actually look at why a person is in the position they're in. We don't go back into the past to discuss why this person is struggling in this area of their life. But we look at where does a person want to be in the future and how do we move them towards that? Mm -hmm. So I do see a key difference, not that therapy is like dragging up your past in a bad way, But therapy is more kind of, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Joking. Processing your (laughs) processing your past and having greater understanding of your behaviors and things that are going on and giving you that self awareness. And then coaching is like once you've developed that and to your point, Lindsay, once you've processed the pain and are in a better place mentally, then how do you move forward? You know?
2: Right. Right. Yeah, I would say so much of the therapy that I do is really about helping my clients gain clarity. Mm. You know, what what is the patterns that keep popping up over and over and over again? Mm. And I'm less goal setting with them about, um, hey, in six months, I want to be here with my business or in six months, I want to um, have this achievement. Mm. I want to be, I'm thinking more, um, what kind of open wounds do you have that need to be healed? so yes. that you can be in a place to set some goals
0: totally
1: i do see that there is such a strong relationship though between therapy and coaching so one example let's say i feel like i'm doing well i'm thriving i uh, will no i want to to thrive even more so i mm-hmm. go look for a coach
2: mm-hmm.
1: hey i want to do really well in business i want to start a new business or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. work with a coach but as i work with a coach I might end up, or you know, through questions from the coach, you might find out that I have some sort of limiting self-belief yeah. from my childhood. Yeah. Right. Which means that you can tell me all you want, hey, that thing is incorrect. But because it's so ingrained deep in me, it would be very hard for me to move forward. Yeah. Unless I do some work on that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point, and th- that often happens is that in the process of me coaching a client, a really unhelpful belief about themselves or a pattern from their past could come up, or even a trauma or grief, or and depending on what the thing is, like it really depends on you know if it, if we're just talking about a simple mindset shift, sure, it may be that a mm. coach can help you with a tool, but if we're talking about yeah, healing a wound that is really affecting a person's ability to be able to move forward and affecting their beliefs, which control all of our actions and behaviours, then I will absolutely just say to someone, I think you could benefit from seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of people can do can see both a coach and a therapist at the same time. I think the two aren't mutually exclusive, and I think that they really help one another.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've done both at the same time. Mm. And it was, I mean, a little shocked the system. Talk about like introspection <laughs> <laughs> overload. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a little more than I should have taken on. But it really was um, playing off each other, you know, mm. um, seeing like what past patterns do I have? What kind of um, coping mechanisms have I been using? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the therapy side. And then the coaching side is here are my, my vision. Here's the goal where I want to be. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think they can both be concurrently. I think I want to talk about how do you know when you need to go to a therapist or a coach? Mm. Like when are those beneficial?
1: Yeah, Lindsay. So when should I go see a therapist?
2: You personally? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um and I shouldn't even joke about that because it does make a stigma that crazy people go to therapy. Mm. And I, I you just cannot choose crazy. I mean, <laughs> no, no, but not. you're right. Oh, at,
0: it's a very natural instinct of us all to joke around this, which is part of the problem, right? Right. And so, oh, your therapist should definitely not be
2: joking about that like me. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like the stigmas around therapy are way more negative than they are around coaching, hmm. so. Uh, around therapy, there's a lot of cultural stuff. There's gender stuff. Um, Right now, my caseload, I have 75% female and Mm. 25% male. And it's always been that way. I'm always seeing more. And that could be because I'm a female therapist. Um, So I would say for women, we are being told all the time to self-improve. And Mm -hmm. so most of us have friends who have seen a therapist and talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little more open than it is for men. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still a lot of stigma. Like we have to hit rock bottom before we'll go see a therapist. Mm. And I think that that is such a a bummer because if you can go to a therapist when you are doing okay but needing a little more support, that's a great time to go. Because you really do have the space and energy to unpack some deeper stuff Mm. um, that you might not when you're in crisis.
0: Yeah, that's a great
2: point. Yeah, I would say are you looking for guidance and clarity about why you're feeling the way you are? Are you mm. having more sad days than happy days? Are you feeling um, distraught, discouraged? Are you noticing some patterns and friendships that you keep playing over and over again? Mm. Is there a predominant negative feelings happening for you um, that you don't want to be happening? Hmm. Those are all great um, precursors to therapy. Yeah. So Also, I would say if you're going through a family change or Mm. a breakup um, Mm. or you're grieving the loss of someone, those are great times to go to a therapist. Yeah. Uh, And I would say for people who have never been to a therapist, that can be a really daunting task to find one Mm. and to not even know how a therapy session works, how you contact someone. Those are really tricky barriers, I think,
0: for a lot of us. Mm. So for those people, how how is it that you would go about finding a therapist
2: right uh first i would ask your friends because your friends uh, they're pretty aligned to who you are and you're probably really similar in a lot of ways and they might have some really great resources i've always found my therapist through other friends yeah um, same for uh, me wait no I take that back i take that back
0: <laughs> mine came from a friend
2: i had one therapist i found online um so I was looking for a specific type of therapy called EMDR. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, my friends that I talked to didn't really know anyone doing that. So um, there are amazing resources. There's something called TherapyDen
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, or a website called Psychology Today. And you just type in your location. You can even do your insurance. You can do um, what part of town, what kind of therapy, all sorts of different little buttons you can click on there. And um, find a therapist that way. And so then there's the process of interviewing a therapist. Mm. I feel like people don't know that that's what you're doing. You're you're trying to find someone who's going to work well for you. So I always encourage people to remember that you are in charge of therapy as the client. Mm. And that your therapist is there to enlighten. They don't know more about you than you know. Yeah. And so you've got to have a great fit. It's just like dating. You know, I, I encourage people to, to go three times to a, um, a therapist before they make a decision. Mm. If this is the one for them or not, just like you would with dating. Sometimes mm. the first date, it doesn't go great. Mm-hmm. But if it's not scary or abusive or <laughs> really <sighs> gnarly, makes you feel terrible. It's worth trying it out a second time to see um, what tweaks could happen. You know, if if you were to tell them, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. Mm. So I think my favorite thing as a therapist is when a when a client tells me, this is what I like in therapy, and this is what I don't like. I always ask that question on the first session. Like, mm. have you had therapy before? What's worked well for you? What did you hate? What didn't work? Yeah. And that gives me an idea of more of what they're looking for and how to serve them.
0: Mm. I think that's helpful. I think, like, for me, it would have never occurred to me that I could go to another one but also I think that I would have been hesitant because and I just wonder what your thoughts are on this Lindsay but for me in my first session of therapy it was a lot of like the first session there was so much kind of just background stuff I guess her getting to know who I was and my history and I guess you know how where I was in the family, like, and what, you know, basically it was like (laughs) doing a medical history and the idea of doing that for multiple therapists, like the idea of going back to square one for me would have been like, Oh God, I can't go through all of that again. I think this is why you would do a consult call. I, Mm.
2: most therapists offer free 20, 30 minute consultation calls. Okay. And the questions you can ask them on those calls are what does therapy typically look like? Um, Mm. I think a good therapist could ask questions around like when you've finished therapy, what are you hoping will be changed in you and Mm. in your experience, you know? Um, So I think it's, we just like with doctors, you know, when you go to a doctor, you often think they know more than I do. They're the experts on everything. So um, whatever they say goes, and we kind of just give up a little bit of our power Mm
1: -hmm. and that happens
2: with therapists too. Like, well, they're the professionals, they know the things but you've got to get really clear on what do you want mm. when you go to a ther when you go to therapy, are you, I think being able to verbalize it before you even start looking for a therapist is really good. Yeah. And to be it, able to clearly communicate that to someone that you're looking, you know, that you're
0: testing out. And you mentioned, I think you said therapy, Jen, was that the website? Yes. Um, but just when you were saying the one time that you found a therapist online, you were looking for a particular type of therapy, EMDR therapy. And I think sometimes like when you're in when you're in the business like you and I might know that there's different types of therapies right the cbt yes. therapy there's gestalt therapy there's you know there's oh art gosh, therapy, so there's many play, types. There, there's there's so many so for someone that doesn't know what the different types of therapy are or why they would need yeah which <laughs> oh <laughs> well, gosh right you know, which version of therapy they might like or might suit them is it would they go to that website? Like, I'm not familiar with the resources, but how would you know what type of therapy is a the good type for you?
2: Yeah, I, uh, that is really good point. There are all these little acronyms that we use. Um, mm-hmm. Even after a therapist's name are letters that no one outside of the therapy world <laughs> would know what those letters mean. Yeah. Um, so Anyone on these sites like TherapyDen is someone who's going to be a licensed counselor. So they're going to have an LPC after their name or an LMFT, um, licensed marriage and family therapist and Mm -hmm. licensed professional counselor. And they're going to have a list of services, the types of therapy they offer. So cognitive behavior therapy, CBT is like the most common one. Mm -hmm. And that's just trying to challenge your thinking and your behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of baseline. Most therapists kind of function a little bit out of that. Yeah. Um, then there are other therapies that are, like, specifically grief therapy. If you mm. are mourning someone, finding someone who specializes in grief therapy would be really powerful, a yeah, great move. Right. And, again, all therapists are trained a little bit in grief therapy, but there are some who have just taken a deep dive and specialize in that. Yeah.
1: I think what Sam is asking is that because there are a lot of different types of therapy, where do you even go? Like, how do I know that going to a CBT therapist – is going to serve me better than going to a DBT or ABC?
2: JJK. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know Google is your friend. So Google around a little bit. I mean, I know that sounds. There is just so many different types of therapy and therapists. Mm. Um, and I think when you when you give a email or a call to a therapist to say, um, I don't know exactly even the questions I need to ask. You know, can you tell me more about? the type of therapy you do, what a, an average session looks like, and what I can expect to to see in my own life, change or growth or healing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I will say I can give an experience of uh, – talk about my own experience in therapy. Um, when I was in grad school, I had actually never gone to a therapist before, but I was training to be a therapist, which <laughs> now is just absurd to me. But they required me to take 20 hours of my own personal counseling. Yeah. And my first session, I went into the therapist. And I think I was like 26 at the time. And I remember telling – her name was Wendy. I remember telling Wendy, uh, you know, I'm an open book. I don't really have anything to talk about. I have no idea what I'm going to talk to you for 20 hours about in the next Mm. few months. Mm. And I just cannot – tell you how hilarious that is now in hindsight um, by like the third or fourth session I was telling Wendy like Wendy can I get your home number and <laughs> I come in three times a week hmm. um, because I think you just don't realize how much there is to unpack if you've never done that introspective unpacking type work before mm. um, I think we're all pretty unaware of some of our patterns that we have and some of our ways of thinking and relating in our mindset until someone starts poking around and asking the questions around that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, So I was in, I think I had just ended a relationship when I, before I started seeing Wendy and I was pretty torn up about it, feeling like this is it. Like I'm never going to date again. I could never be in love or trust anyone, Mm -hmm. but also feeling like, No big deal. I'm just not going to date again. I'm going to be single. This is who I am. Like done. I don't really want to talk about it. Like I don't really need to talk about it. And as she poked into that, it, it just made me realize for the first time, how much um, my dating experience with this person was a result of how I've been raised. Mm. And I mean, that's not rocket science, but the ways in which she pulled all the information out, it was like every week I was coming in with a backpack of bricks and I would take one brick out and put it on the table And my backpack got lighter and lighter as I became more free from kind of those roles I was trying to fill without even knowing. Yeah. So, Wendy, if you're out there, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) 26-year-old Lindsay really loves you and needs you.
0: (laughs) What would you say to the people that say, it's just better not even going back into the past? What point does that serve? Like, it's just going to be negative to talk about all of this negative stuff. It's not going to get me anywhere. So why on earth would I uncover and dig up all of this stuff from my past like isn't it better to just go through the world without doing that
2: when you say it that way Sam
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're right it sounds like garbage (laughs) Um,
2: you know that is a common thing people say and I would say the life unexamined is not great you know because Mm. you're just going to be repeating patterns over and over and over again until you're really clear on what your pain points are you huh. know, and I would say without going to see Wendy in my 20s, my dating life probably wouldn't have improved. I think you I would have kept married the Coos. same type. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten married to Goose. I think I would have kept dating the same kind of people, um, uh-huh. trying to fill a role that I just assumed was a normal, natural role. Hmm. And, um, so in hindsight, uh, Wendy and her therapy and doing therapy with her, um, really saved me from a lot of future pain
0: yeah and I only asked that question right because that's what everybody asks like that's not it, how I they think do. of therapy but they people don't want it <laughs> thanks for clarifying <laughs> just so you know that was not me that was me playing devil's advocate
2: <laughs> no of course I I mean the things that people will do in resistance to therapy I've just heard it all because let's be real it is a very scary thing mm. um You kind of, there's a little bit of monsters under the bed. Like if I go into therapy, what's going to pop out? What's going to happen? And I would like, I feel both in my experience on either side of the couch has been, um, it is so much less scary to be aware of what's there, what's already present than to hide from it. Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to make choices out of a place of health and intention as opposed to be on autopilot. Uh, yeah, that's just a no brainer. It's, it's, and I think what I would say as a therapist, I really feel so honored and excited when I'm working with a client who things are starting to click into place. And I Mm. get to be the one that sees these changes happen week after week after week and to see how their lives change and improve and they become more aligned to who they are. Mm. That is like my drug. There is nothing more (laughs) that jazzes me out of my mind than people saying, hey, this is how I was raised. This is what I've been doing with my life. This is how it's been going. And what are the tweaks I need to make? You know, what are the parts that I need to heal in my heart? And then to see them actually do that, Mm. it is mind-blowing. You're like, people are amazing. It just, it makes you so happy to be a human and to see, to witness that.
0: Yeah, super rewarding. Yeah.
1: Well, sharing this from a male perspective, I also want to say that, you know, it's true. Therapy is scary. Because you have to be vulnerable. You are telling someone you absolutely have no relationship with everything about your past or your secrets.
0: Mm.
2: First, wait, tell me why you went to therapy in the first place.
1: Because Lindsay said I should. (laughs) We have this thing in in our marriage pact or contract
0: contract contract well it is a contract we're, Legally we're, document
1: wherein you know if Lindsay thinks I need to go to see a therapist she'll pull out the you need to go see a therapist card and it's ah. vice versa if I think like oh Lindsay's struggling I I can't really help her someone else might be better in you know helping her figure out whatever then I'll pull out my you need to go see a therapist card
2: and mm. we did this because we got married super quick and i love had...
1: because since he was pregnant though
2: <laughs> Thanks because for i guess i needed a green I. card i was chris's green oh, card and yeah. one true love
0: don't forget that part i don't know um, who is listening to this <laughs> <laughs> you would be deported next week chris watch out he's a citizen now i can't do
2: it um Oof. No, we got married super quick, and I needed kind of some insurance policy. Like, if shit hits the fan, mm. I just need to know that you're going to be humble enough to go get help. Mm. And I wasn't thinking that he would ever pull the therapy card on me, because <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and part of the therapy card is you can only pull it, not in a fight, only when you are- I was going to say, you
0: couldn't really
1: throw right. it out.
2: Like, "Get, you need therapy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So far, that hasn't happened. That
1: boomerangs back to them. It
2: does. You have to be <laughs> careful because if you do it in a fight, it's going to come back. No, but um, each time that we've pulled it on each other, it's been from a place of, I love you. You're struggling. I I want you to be able to cope with this, to heal from this. Um, would you and I please help go? help And then they have to go for three times. And usually each time we've had to go three times, we both end up staying for months and months in therapy and loving it and benefiting from it.
1: So, yeah, it's true.
2: Pro relationship tip right there. If you're going to get married, have the insurance policy. And the thing (laughs)
1: too is that, um, you know, you shouldn't have to wait until things have gone really bad for you to go see a therapist. Totally. Even if you feel like, yeah, something's a bit off. I need to talk to someone. Go go talk to someone. Even if it's like a one-time thing, seeing a therapist, right? Like one time getting some clarity. Okay, I, I think I'm good right now. Trust me, that if you did that, if you just go see a therapist one time, you'll end up going to see them for a few months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it's a good fit. And it if, works. if it's a good yeah. fit. Right. Yeah. Which leads to but like the... Sorry, you go, Chris.
1: Oh, what I wanted to say was I can see how it's hard for, you know, the male folks. <laughs> for us guys to go see a therapist because, you know, it can come across as a sign of weakness. Um mm. uh, what I want to say is, hey, if you go see a doctor when you're sick, you know, physically, there's, it's basically the same. If you feel unwell mentally, there's nothing wrong with going to see a, a therapist. Yeah. Uh, so.
2: There is such huge stigma, um, especially yes. for men. And mm-hmm. so I would even say if you are a male who has seen a therapist What would it be like to be more open with your friends about that? Letting them know that's what you're experiencing and what you're doing right now. Mm. Because I think that's how women um, have alleviated a little bit of that stigma is that I, most of my friends have been in or are in therapy now. Mm. And so there is isn't stigma um, for me when I talk to my friends about it. But for Coos, I don't know that you talk about your friends with that on a regular basis.
1: Hmm. Well, Sometimes. I know that, you know, like people that I work with, my friends at work, they're pretty open about, hey, every week I have this therapy session, can do meetings at these hours. Great.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: Love that. Again, what a... Every story you have about your work, I'm just like, wow, you're in like next level (laughs) comedy. It's awesome. But that's how it should be, right? But Mm -hmm. I was also thinking like, when is it time to stop seeing a therapist like when do you feel because I think the other argument that again if I'm playing devil's advocate the the count the arguments against therapy that I hear is like oh I you mean, once you go you just keep going it's just never ending you just go every single week and it's just like there's you know you're always digging up more stuff and It's just over and, over and over and over and over and over again and it's just like the therapist trying to like be, you know, you're a cash cow for the therapist, essentially, is like the counter argument that it's never going to end. Oh
1: my gosh, I got to tell you, (laughs) of the three therapists that I've seen, they all fired me. (laughs) I remember with the first one, when, you know, when he said, I think, I think you're doing really well right now. I don't think, I don't think we need to keep seeing each other anymore. Mm. I started tearing up and i was like but why are breaking up with me yeah and i said i and i said why would you do this like i mean you know like if i keep seeing you you know you keep getting paid and he said he said this he said it's weird but i get a, a sense of pride from clients stop seeing me that's mm-hmm. that's when i know that i i do a great job when i tell my clients hey you're in a good place now. It's time yeah. to move forward, move, move on.
2: From the therapist perspective, yes. let's talk about heartbreak for a second. Oh, oh. my word. I feel like... Um, so I have when you your clients do well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's <laughs> Where it's like, if you're doing a great job and the work you're doing is working well with your client and the work they're doing, you just click and it, it's flowing well that if you're doing a good job, the clients will leave you. (laughs) Like there's no other world in which that dynamic happens. Um, I was just telling Coos, I got an email a couple weeks ago from a client I've been seeing for two years who, holy smokes, she's just changed her life. It's just been amazing to watch. It's been so encouraging, exciting, Mm. but in the email, and I've been feeling this too for a while, like, you know, I don't know that she needs to be coming weekly anymore. So we stepped down to every other week and, then I got to a place where I'm like, uh, what are we going to talk about this session? You know, I think mm. we've kind of covered it all. And and so getting her email saying, hey, this has been great. And um, I'd like to come in for one final session and, you know, say my gratitudes and say goodbye. I both was like, yes, I'm so proud of this client. She's amazing. And wait, I'm not going to see her every week. Yeah, Hang on. I've been seeing her every week for two years. And. I really care about her and what will happen. I'm not going to know what happens after she leaves. So your therapist obviously isn't going to talk to you about this piece, but <laughs> for all my clients, there is a sense of true, like ethically, of course, and more, you know, but love for my client, being able to yeah. see people change and grow is such a privilege. And so there's no way you can't be attached.
0: attached. It's almost like yeah, totally.
1: watching a movie and seeing something gets better but then you don't get to see how totally. it ends like you're like uh oh, wait how is this going to end
2: totally that's exactly what it feels like it's like there's a cliffhanger you're like yeah, okay yeah. i'll never know um yeah so i would say there have been times too where i've said to clients you're doing great i i would love to see you i don't want to um i don't want you to feel rejected um, and what else are you wanting to work on? It feels like, you know, you've reached a good space in your life. And then sometimes I refer to coaching mm. or even um, for some clients, spiritual direction. There, yeah. That's been a really interesting place that people's next step is towards.
0: Yeah. I know in a future episode, we'll go into a little overview of coaching and how you might find a coach and, and similar things like when it is that a coaching relationship comes to an end and when someone that's seeing a coach may actually need to see a therapist instead. Um, But I think, you know, to kind of sum up a key difference between coaching and therapy, I think, and I don't know who described it this way. I feel like it might be the founder of positive psychology, maybe Martin Seligman, maybe not, maybe I'm misattributing it, but essentially it's the idea that therapy helps someone go from suffering to baseline and coaching helps someone go from baseline to thriving. That is an oversimplified distinction, but I think it's really helpful to keep in mind and we can Mm -hmm. chat more in our next episode about coaching and our experiences with that good and bad. And there's a lot more, I think some of the pitfalls with coaching that don't exist in therapy is that coaching is an unregulated industry. So I think one of the great things to note before we wrap this episode is that regardless of what type of therapy or type of therapist you find, anyone that is a therapist is really qualified. You know, they, they have such great training and they really need to be supervised and the regulation around therapy is very strict in in all countries and so you can rest assured that whoever you are seeing is well and truly trained to be seeing you and so I think just take a bit of comfort in that that these people yeah have have been trained in this profession and they know what they're doing which is not always the case in coaching <laughs>
2: I mean, to be fair, there are some crazies out
0: there, right? There's some really, uh, (laughs) I mean, I think what you said earlier about like having a, you know, an interview and a consult call with your therapist. I think that's amazing because I think to me, what allows me to feel as someone that has had both therapy and coaching able to share and be vulnerable and be open and work through my stuff, the most important thing for me is how I feel seen and heard and whether or not I feel a connection with the person in front of me. And I think mm-hmm. that is, you know, that that's something that, that be, people are going to connect with different people. So I think it really is important to try and find a really good fit and find someone that you feel safe and comfortable opening up to and that you feel a good connection mm-hmm. with. But I also just want to put it out there that whoever you're seeing is probably pretty well qualified, you know. They're hopefully not going to do it more damage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would say, Sam, that you are summing up perfectly. The research has shown over and over that the most effective therapy isn't necessarily the model of therapy, Mm. but it's the relationship you have with your therapist. Yeah. And so if you feel, you know, on a consult call or first couple of sessions that eventually I can share anything with this person and they will not be judgmental or unkind or unhelpful, Mm -hmm. that's a great sign. Yeah. You know, and if you aren't feeling that way, then life
0: is too short for a bad therapy connection. You know? (laughs) Absolutely. Break up with your therapist. (laughs) Break up with your therapist. Yeah. For most people, as you said earlier, the easiest way to find a great therapist is often to ask your friends because they know you and then, you know, they, they potentially know the type of, or they might have a similar connection to their therapist. And so that for me was absolutely how I found my therapist. I asked a friend who I knew was in therapy, hey, who's your therapist? Can I have her number? What's she like? Do you like her? I wasn't really interested in, in, uh, in how she conducted sessions, but I was more interested in my friend and whether or not she felt that this woman was someone she could trust and she did. And so that was kind of like my, okay, I trust this woman now. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good place to start if you've never been to therapy.
2: Absolutely.
0: The most important
2: thing in the therapy journey is that you are seen and understood Mm. and it doesn't need to be a perfect relationship in which your therapist never gets anything wrong, Mm. but it does need to be a relationship that you can talk about when they're misunderstanding you. Mm. And there's some safety in that relationship. So safety is crazy important. It's something that therapists work really hard to create a safe, connected bond. Mm. Um, That's why we have so many weird rules. Like, Hip, you know, not being able to contact their, you know, your client outside of therapy or whatever mm-hmm. it is.
1: Um, oh my gosh, Lindsay also can't say hi to her clients in the public. Oh, she wow. just have to pretend that. Really,
0: I didn't know she that.
1: Know who they are unless they reach out to her first.
0: Wow. And then she can't even
1: say, oh, yeah, so-and-so, she's my client. She can't say that either.
0: Wow.
2: Very, <laughs> okay. so yeah.
1: very straight.
2: There are so many aspects of therapy that are just – it's a weird, weird relationship. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, ever do you sit in a room and only talk about yourself and mm. ask for advice from someone you don't know? Like, that's <laughs> weird. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, But it's to keep people safe. You know, all these weird rules are to create an environment where people can share and open up and feel vulnerable in a safe way. And when you have safety is when the great, deep, valuable work happens. And so that's what we're shooting for, is this really powerful, deep, life-changing work to happen. Mm -hmm.
0: And I had that conversation with a friend recently, he was asking about, connection and he found it difficult to connect with people and he was wondering why he couldn't connect and what was he doing wrong and did he need to meet up with people more often for coffee and i said what do you think the basis is the foundation of connection Is in friendship in intimate relationships in anything and he was kind of perplexed by the question he said i don't know and i said it's safety Like Mm -hmm. if these people don't feel safe, like if they feel judged in your presence or if they feel like you're not listening to them, you're just going to cut them off. If they feel, then of course they're not going to, there won't be a connection there. So I think safety really is the underlying foundation of any connection in your life. A hundred
2: percent. And that's a really great question to ask. Um, If I'm feeling uncomfortable with anyone, do I, is there a safety issue? Mm. Do I feel like I can be fully present in my full
0: self all the time with this person? Yeah. Because by safety, obviously it's not always just your physical safety. It's like, you know, it could just be, do I feel safe that this information isn't going to be exposed? And we all know there are friends that you know we've had in our lives where you say something to them and you think that there's safety there and you think you trust them. And then that person may go and tell someone else and you're like, Oh, and so it's just getting used to, yeah, checking in with yourself. A therapist
2: legally can't do that. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Never allowed.
2: we are so, not allowed.
0: Yeah, yep. Exactly. You can trust that your secrets are safe with your therapist. Or you can sue them. <laughs> Either think, way, you win. And I think it's a great way to wrap this episode.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, perfect.
2: I wish that every one of our listeners could understand and know how valuable their life is Mm -hmm. and how going to therapy could be the thing that gives you the healing that you need and you deserve. Mm -hmm. And it could be a really powerful step in your self-love journey and learning to accept yourself and love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just recommend it to everyone. Yeah, Wherever you are in life, um, there's going to be a time where, Therapy is going to be helpful for you. Yeah. And so to step aside from the stigma to take, it really is a courageous act to gather up your courage, reach out, find someone, whether by friend, by these websites, um, which we'll list in our notes, it really is worth it. It's absolutely 100% worth it to be in a place where you can be set up for success in the self-love journey. Yeah. Well, this wraps it up for another episode. Love being here with you. We love the conversations. If you would like help in finding a therapist and you have some questions, feel free to get into our DMs on Instagram or our website, www.youareinfinitelyloved.com.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.